Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. I'm going first. You were just about to speak then, weren't you? No, no, I was just about to find my, my notes, but go on. Okay, now here's the thing, loquacious. I think that could be something that's said of us, particularly when we're recording a podcast. Loquacious. Loquacious. It's nothing to do with drink. <laughs> no, but I like your thinking. Um, that could also describe us. And loquacious, it means you, you have a tendency to talk a lot. No. Yes. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, I, I thought it was a, a well-known word, you know. So I, in work yesterday, uh, I was writing something and inspiration wasn't flowing. And um, I said, oh, is anybody here feeling loquacious? And they all looked at me like I was uh, asking them something rude. Maybe if they wanted a drink. <laughs> maybe, yes. I maybe think it's that's... the lip. It's it's I know it's loquacious, but it's like liquid. Oh right, okay. Or liquor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So they said, well, maybe I should introduce a word a day. I thought, okay, well that, that sounds like quite hard work, but I I'm prepared to do that. Uh, and then I, it reminded me of Susie Dent on Twitter. Do you follow her? Yeah. And she does She's have a word so of the day, which which has a lovely normal, normally has a reference to something in, in um politics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, obvious really what she's talking about. Yeah. But that led me on to thinking how much I love words and etymology. Okay, yes. And yeah. then I thought, well, okay, what's etymology? <laughs> I love etymology. There's another word of the day. So etymology is the study of the origin of words. And then I went down the biggest rabbit hole. I got meta other. Yeah. Etymology, what does that mean? And where does that come from as a word? I don't know where it comes from. Um... It derives from a Greek word. So that's a... okay. So etymos means true. In Greek. Okay. And etymologia was the study of words or true meanings. And that evolved into etymology through um, Old French, etymology, apparently. Okay. So anyway, I just thought that was quite good. So that, that was sort of my entry. And then something caught my eye as I was Googling what's the actual definition and origin of the word that talks about the origin of words. Yeah. And the, this article said, what's the, the first spoken word? What do you think? Whatever. Ever. What do you think the first spoken word is? Mama. Oh, that's a very wise idea. Mama, no. A bit shorter than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that raises a whole load of questions, which etymologists do ask is, is that a word? Mm. But the, the first spoken word, according to... Now, I don't know how trustworthy this website is. No. It looked but... quite good. A to Z animals.com. <laughs> okay. Nice little article there about the first spoken word. It's believed it's to be R. I don't know how you pronounce it. Two A's, R. Ah. Uh, which means, hey. I'm here. 
and it's believed to have been spoken by an, okay, you know, my pronunciation is bad, Australopithecine in Ethiopia over a million years ago. Do you know what? I think it's a reasonable guess that somebody will have gone, ah. (laughs) (laughs) They might have gone, ah. Yeah. Could have been pain. So it it is, um, it's apparently that there have been studies done. So this does reference some research that was done at the University of Reading, which was looking at the world's oldest words. And they came up with 23 words that they think are over 15,000 years old, dating back to the last ice age. So not quite as old as, ah. Uh... No. But what, I'm sure you can get a few of the oldest words. And this they came from the Eurasiatic language. Eurasiatic language? Okay. And it's believed to be the first 23 words in English and right. languages. So what they did, uh, these researchers, they created a st- statistical model, that's easy for you to say, statistical yeah. model to yeah. study words that sounded similar and main- meant the same thing in different languages. And then they used that to look at the frequency of these words across several of the oldest language groups. So is this a little bit like, you know, sometimes you can see how words might have evolved because they've got like a little bit of French in them or that there's, I can't think of a single example now, but you can yes, kind of go, course. oh, do you think that's derived from yeah. and And I think because they're looking at them used across lots of old languages, I'm guessing they go, well, this this must be quite old because it's embedded into these however many other languages so so yeah. the first one on the list i okay the letter in, i oh yeah. being used in relation to oneself or just Self, i yeah, yeah yeah um thou okay so that's me you yeah not no okay. shaking your head on a podcast works exceptionally well well <laughs> Yeah, I'm well I'm living I'm living what you're saying. Okay. That pointing point. I was just gonna say you get a point now. We Oh you and me, yeah. This yeah. what man mother is in there. Okay. Ye, which I guess means you. Yeah. Old. <laughs> okay. Hand Fire, to hear, to pull, black, to flow, worm. <laughs> worm? Worm. Oh. I don't know. I think that bee bark, maybe. Ashes, and this one, to spit. Oh, lovely. Oh. So they're the 23, what they believe are the oldest words, dating back to the Ice Age. I wonder if you tried to communicate only using those words. I spit. No, no, I don't mean as a sentence. (laughs) All right, okay, I'm trying to make a big, long sentence here. (laughs) Because if you use those, like, it doesn't work on a podcast, but if you use those words with gestures, because we all know that, Nonverbal yeah. is 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 a significant part. 
you probably could get by for a while, couldn't you? Yeah, I don't think you would be accused of being loquacious, though. No, food doesn't feature. Food. Uh, unless worm. Oh. Worm is the food. Mm. <laughs> bark. Worm and bark. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Then it goes on to talk about the oldest languages. So they separate these languages into two categories. One is the oldest languages that are now extinct, Mm-hmm. And the other category is the oldest languages that are still spoken today. So I'll go through the ones that are extinct because uh, I think I think you'd be hard pushed to guess these. So Hurrian, Palaic, Egyptian, Akkadian, Elamite, Hittite, and Mycenaean Greek. So they're the oldest languages known that are extinct. And then there are a small selection of the oldest languages that are still spoken today. But you can guess a few of these. Chinese? Yes. Mandarin? Yeah, it doesn't uh, say Chinese. Japanese? Not on the list. Greek? Greek's on there. Some sort of Nordic Scandi language, Swedish or Finnish no. or... No, that's not on there. English? Mostly. Old English? No, Irish Gaelic is on the list. Ah. Sanskrit. You've got Greek, Coptic, Egyptian. So we had Egyptian, but Coptic Egyptian has been um, extinct, but Coptic Egyptian is still spoken. Hebrew, Chinese, Aramaic, Arabic, Persian, stroke Farsi, Tamil, and Irish Gaelic. Right. Wow. Okay. So I, I think that was quite interesting. And then I, I followed another um, link. <laughs> These, they've got a way of drawing you in, haven't they? These articles. Oh, you're looking at that. Why don't you read this too? Yes. So, yeah. On babble.com, there was a nice blog, an introduction to etymology. So, okay. So that's where it talks about the etymology of the word etymology, which I loved. I, I love that whole, <laughs> let's disappear up your own backside with this. <laughs> um, and then they talk, they give eight examples of the origin of some English words. Um, I'm not going to go through all eight. Uh, I've picked a few that I like. Avocado. Okay. So where does avocado come from? I think you'll like this one. Don't know. It's green. It's a pear. Comes from a tree. Don't know. So it's from Spanish, and that comes from a Mexican word, which means testicle. Right. Okay. Um. So, um, and helpfully, Babel included a little. Cartoon drawing of a couple a of testicles or an avocado. Oh, a, a couple of testicles hanging down. It's like okay, I, and I think maybe your guacamole might be less appealing if it had the word testicle in it. Because yes. mole means sauce, so testicle yes. sauce. <laughs> okay, okay, what yeah. About, what about cappuccino? Ca- cappuccino, yeah. That comes from capuchin monkeys. Monks, not monkeys, monks. Capuchin monks, not monkeys. <laughs> but monkeys, no, no, but the monkeys are named after the monks. Uh, yes. Or vice versa. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't get the origin of the word capuchin. Um, it's mo- I think it's a monkey. 
Yeah, so Capuchin monks, without the E, yeah. they wear yeah. hooded habits, habits which are dark or oak brown, similar to the colour of the cappuccino, apparently. Right, And it okay. means little hood. Okay. So a cappuccino, it's a diminutive word, a uh, diminutive form of the word cappuccio. Cappuccino. Okay. okay. And what about disaster? Oh, dear. Or another word, disaster. Mm, well, dis, dishonest, disarray. Dis, so that's a negative thing, isn't it? Yeah. Dis. Yeah, bad, bad. Bad. I don't know about the aster bit, though. Star. Bad star. Oh, bad star. Ill-starred event. Something oh. unfavourable. Alignment of the planets, yeah. Oh. Okay, let me scroll down. Salary. Love this one. What does salary come from? Salary. Salary, salon. Sal. Is sal man or something? Soul? No, it's quite close to home. What's your company name? Salt. Oh, yes. Salt. Currency. Yeah. Yes. Solarium means salt money. Ah. And salt was so valuable, it was used as a currency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What about the word trivial? Because you could say that what I'm doing now is fairly trivial. <laughs> Try three. Three. And all you get Vile. Oh, or, oh, okay. So three don't know. Three roads. Trivium was an open public space and it, it came to mean, I don't know how, it doesn't explain this very well, vulgar, ordinary, of little importance, common and contemporary. Today, it can mean tired, ordinary, commonplace, of little importance, consequence or significance. But ultimately, it comes from trivium, which means a place where three roads meet. Which I think okay. sounds a lot nicer than vulgar, ordinary, or of little importance. So I think where three roads meet could be quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, you must know this one. This was the only one I actually could have said, but if you'd asked me without looking it up. Uh, whiskey. Well, whiskey's made from wheat, isn't it? Whiskey. And it's mashed up. <laughs> no. um, so no. It comes from uh, medieval monks called it uh, life water, aqua vita. Okay. And this was transformed into Gallic, and I'm not even going to try and pr pronounce it. So, but it, it sounds a bit more like whiskey in Gallic, and, and it's just slowly been anglicised to whiskey. So it comes from aqua vita, life water, uscabitha, but um, Anuska and Isk and Iski. <laughs> so it sort of um, gently found its way to whiskey. And then obviously you've got the difference between whiskey with an E and whiskey yeah. with an E. Um, Irish Scotch. Yeah, some people think that the E was added by the Irish and American distilleries to differentiate their higher quality whiskies during a period when the Scotch whisky had a bad reputation. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because th there are people who perceive that Irish whisky is better whisky. 
I prefer Irish whiskey. I wouldn't say it was better, but Irish whiskey is typically triple distilled. So it's gone through that distilling process three times, Scotch is twice, and bourbon, right. uh, the American one, is just one, a single distill. But I like bourbon and I like Irish whiskey. I'm not a massive fan of Scotch whiskey. So no, I wouldn't I'm say I'm not a massive better. fan of any of them, having drunk quite a lot of it over the years. <laughs> I yeah. used to drink bourbon all the time. Jack Daniels and Jim Beam and, oh. While smoking oh. a cigar. Oh, no. Horrible. <laughs> anyway, no. That, that's me done. I think I've been loquacious enough about that. Okay. All right. That's that's interesting because um, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. Now, here's the thing. We were watching the repair shop and a lady brought in a big stuffed tortoise or turtle that that she'd had for 40 years. It was a cuddly toy. Oh, a fabric one, not, not a, a live one that had been taxidermy. No, 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 no. Um, anyway, so we started having a conversation about tortoises and turtles and, and the Galapagos. And so then I start Googling about, is it a Galapagos turtle or is it a Galapagos tortoise? And what's the difference? So... The difference between a tortoise or a tortoise and a turtle, tortoises have more rounded dome shells and turtles have thinner water dynamic shells. I have seen a turtle, a big turtle in the sea when I was in Turkey once, wow. which that, okay. that was amazing. But the Galapagos thing, they are actually tortoises and they're extinct. That's a whole nother thing. But my very knowledgeable husband, which I'll come to, but my very knowledgeable husband said, well, what about um, the oldest tortoise? No, the oldest turtle. No, the oldest. (laughs) Which one was it? The oldest tortoise in the world. Bear with me. And his name is. What about it? Did he know this tortoise? Yes, my husband did, because he knows stuff about everything that's useless. He said to me, Google Jonathan the tortoise. Jonathan the tortoise. All right. That's a very ordinary name for a tortoise. Yeah. Yeah. He is the oldest known living land animal in the world. He's 190 years old. Wow. He hatched in 1832. He's blind, has no sense of smell, but he can hear and he loves the company of humans. Oh, wow. So he was 190 last July, I think. So that's a whole thing. You're like, I know that tortoises, I knew that some tortoises could live um, to about 100 because I think a neighbour of mine had one that was about 90. But then I go down the whole extinction thing. Okay, oh. so what qualifies as extinct? Because there are still the Galap- the Galapagos tortoise tortoises are still exist, but what constitutes extinct? And essentially, it would appear that if you've got less than a population of fifty, then the the species is going to die out because the inbreeding will be too much. Um, so you need a population size of 50 um, and a population size of 500 to reduce that drift down towards 50, which I thought was quite interesting because you normally think, well, I'm 
think that extinct means like it's gone. gone. But it's not. It can still be here, but it's not going to be here for very long. Oh, so you're sort of anticipating extinction. Yes. Yeah. That's quite sad. Isn't it? But good old Jonathan, I don't know what's the secret to his his longevity, and he'll never be able to tell us, but he's the oldest living, 190 years old. I like that. Maybe it's the fact he can just, like, when he's had enough of everybody, he just goes back in his shell and says, sad off everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think, you know, it's not a very dangerous existence as a tortoise, is it? I mean, you don't do a lot of, like, going on aeroplanes, jumping out of aeroplanes, driving a car. Um you're probably not hunted by men. Who? Because man. Who are the predators of tortoises? Oh, I don't know. That's a question. I feel like I need us to Google that live as we're recording. Tortoise predators. <laughs> predators. Predators. Coyotes. Roadrunners. Snakes. Kit foxes and coyotes. Oh. And chimpanzees. And ravens. Ravens, but also man. Um, anyway, so that was the little tortoise thing. But then here's another thing. Ooh. Earlier this week, I was doing some interviews for a charity that I'm involved with. And one of the candidates was had a very interesting CV. And one of the things that he was talking about was he'd spent some time on the Falklands, not in the military, um, but he was talking about living on the Falkland Islands. I think he'd been there for about seven years. And he was telling this story about how he'd been involved in working with the wool growers of the Falklands, because um, that's basically growers. wool growers, yes. Falk, um, so the Falklands are, are most famous, or the biggest thing that they produce um, historically was wool. But getting wool off the island because of its location, the islands, and because of their location could be quite expensive. Anyway, sheep were introduced, um, in Cheviot sheep were introduced in 1851 by the Falkland Islands Company to produce wool. And in their peak, they had 807,000 head of these sheep. So now there is a move and he was working with the farmers to a bit like, you know, where um, a Mountain Mowbray pork pie can only come from Mountain Mowbray. And yeah. what do they call it? We've talked about this on the business community. We did where... the whole show on it. And I can't remember. Was it protected? Something like, yes. Location or something. So, so essentially what's happening is that Falkland's wool is a very pure wool and very high quality. The type of wool that is produced by this sheep is the uh, the weight of it is very good. And so now you can actually buy Falkland wool at a premium. And it just posed all of these questions, because when I think of the Falklands, I just think of the conflict. Yeah. You sort of forget there's a load of people living there and a lot of them are farming sheep. Um, and it just didn't even occur to me that it would have this sort of massive GDP based on sheep. So originally there was sealing, whaling, um, provisioning ships in that area. 
then she farming was the big thing and now they've sort of got some tourism a bit of commercial fishing because they own a lot of the fishing rights for the waters that are around the islands but agriculture is is this big this big bit um so um yeah it was just a whole thing where i was like oh my gosh so 95 percent of its gdp is comes from agriculture um it's one of those things where you, you didn't know it but you didn't know you didn't know it Oh, exactly. Didn't, didn't even occur to me. One percent unemployment. Fish and wool processing are the biggest. Um, inflation sits at one point two percent, and their GDP is one hundred ninety three million dollars, or was in twenty seventeen. The labour workforce is five thousand two hundred as of two thousand and six. Um, so the GDP per capita is just short of seventy eight thousand dollars. Wow, you meet some interesting people, don't you? Yeah, it was just, it was a whole, when I had to keep reminding myself that I was interviewing them for a specific role and not just asking them about their time when they were involved with mobilising and persuading the sheep farmers of the Falklands that collectively they could they could do great things in terms of getting the wool off the island and, and increasing the... The, so I'm, um, I'm assuming you weren't recruiting for a sheep farmer. So no. this person must have had good transferable skills to offer. Yeah, good. absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, they'd worked for the Napoleonic Bicentenary Museum. Like the, yeah, a fascinating career, a fascinating career. Um, a lot in the voluntary sector, but it was just this whole thing about the Falklands. I was like, I just assumed if somebody's working on the Falklands, it's going to be something to do with the conflict, peacekeeping, something. I would have assumed um, penguins, something to do with penguins. Well, they the have got penguins, but what yeah. like, what do you do with a penguin? You don't you eat them, them, do you? You count them. Do you remember we <laughs> talked about the Antarctic and, and yeah. those jobs counting penguins? But then the entire population of the Falkland Islands can't be employed counting penguins, surely. Well, they wouldn't be generating $78,000 of GDP if they were just counting penguins, would they? No. Well, there we go. Another example, you were right at the beginning of the podcast, that we are quite loquacious. Yes. Stop talking now is because Zoom's just put a limit on it. (laughs) You reckon most of the world wish they could do that with us in real life. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air. <laughs> <laughs>